0: Hey Manifaster, I'm Jacqueline Johnston, the creator of Manifest It and the author of the best-selling books, Don't Feel Stuck. Do you want to know how to manifest, manifest faster? Join us because we're about to tell you just how we like to do it. (music) Shake it up, stop when the clock hits thirteen. Sing one, two, three, four. 'Cause 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 no one can do it like we do it, like we do it, like we do it. 'Cause no one can do it like we do it, like we do it, like we do it. Cause no one can do it like we do it, like we do it, like we do it. Cause no one can do it like we do it, like we do it, like we do it. Hey Melanie, thank you so much for coming on this podcast today. How are you doing?
1: I'm great. I'm great. I'm really happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
0: I noticed we kind of met each other through Instagram and you have a business that is called Impact Coaching and Wellness. I just love you so much, Melanie. And I would like to know a little bit more about your business, how you developed it, how you got to this point and who's it for and what's your mission?
1: Such great questions. And I love you too. I'm so excited that I met you. I have been coaching for probably 30 years. I started out in Connecticut. I was a teacher. I had my own studio where I taught dance and voice and drama, and which is my background. I went to Carnegie Mellon for musical theater. So I started in the business as an actor. And then, of course, it's one of the most difficult businesses that you can be in. So I became a teacher. After doing that for a little while, I kind of changed my life and did something that was huge. I made the move to Orlando, Florida. And again, I started in the business down here as an as an actor and a performer and somehow was brought back into coaching and teaching. I spent a lot of time in private lessons with young hopefuls, young actors and artists that needed help on their auditions and whatever they needed. What ended up happening was I would spend a lot of time coaching the whole person. So even though they would come to me and need help with a song, I would end up spending a lot of time while we were developing their audition repertoire or their singing and abilities. We would talk about themselves and what was holding them back and what they were afraid of and why they didn't think they were good enough. So over many years, maybe 10 years of doing that, I decided to really focus on my coaching and leave everything else behind. So I became certified in Reiki. I took a course in neuro-linguistic programming so I can really understand the way people are behaving. So with the pandemic, I kind of revamped my whole business. It used to be impact dance and drama programs, and I put programs into schools. But with the pandemic, we all kind of went inside, didn't we? And tried to figure out what we wanted in our lives and what was important. Mm -hmm. So that's when I did all the extra, the courses and kind of developed myself. And then I morphed and I changed into impact coaching and wellness. How we met was on Instagram, I started this page And it really was just kind of quotes for me. And then it became doing little artsy things. So my page over the last six months has morphed into kind of my art therapy, me putting up a post a day that I'm talking to myself, but I'm talking to everybody else. And it's become a joy for me, a love to create these posts every day. And then also bring that wisdom to my clients.
0: But yours is different because you do bring in the artistry and it's different because it's not the typical template artistry, such as software programs that a lot of people use. Like I use Canva, but yours is different because yours is really unique to your artistry of what you create. And I was so drawn to it because it's so unique. You are a bright spot in the world that so many people really truly need in their life. Even if it is just a little reminder each day via a quote, you really do impact a lot of people. And I'm so glad that your business includes impacting in the title because a lot of people leave comments under your quoted posts. I want to know, since you coach the whole person, Who are the type of people, souls, clients that you
1: tend to work with? The reason that I named my business Impact in 1993 when I started was because I remember every single teacher that I've ever had and the positive and the negative impact that they had on my life. And we as teachers and coaches and mentors have so much power. We have the power to make or break somebody. So why not? If you have the power to lift somebody up and make a positive impact on their life, why not do that? I am always of the mindset that whoever comes through my door, in quotation marks, whoever comes through my door is somebody that was brought to me for whatever reason they can be a fabulous singer, a fabulous performer, or they can be the shyest people I have ever encountered in my life. It's always a puzzle to me. But you've co you've helped
0: like famous people in in the past. So, yes. listeners, this woman has experience, okay? So, I don't want I don't want our podcast listeners going Oh, she's another coach. No, she's really not. She's not another coach. She has coached famous people in the past. I don't want to name names out
1: of um, respect for her unless she wants to name drop. Okay, so when I lived in Connecticut, I lived in a town that kind of was a getaway for celebrities from New York. So I had a lot of celebrity clients that came to my studio. Huge names huge. But you know, you can go to my website and look if you want, yeah. if you're interested. Yeah, right? we could just leave it at that. I, don't I just,
0: I just oh. want to I just want people to know, like in this <laughs> sea of coaches, because there's so many, so that, many coaches. So even if you are a coach out there, and you're thinking, you know, this is so hard. And it's it's a struggle. It doesn't mean you can't still be a coach, you just might coach
1: a different way. You know, my niche really is the performer, really. That's what I do the best. I'm not a life coach. If you go to my website, it says performance life career. I'm actually coaching a lovely man in London right now who I met through Instagram and we're working on his voice for a podcast and for on camera. The other thing that the reason why I was drawn to you because
0: I mean, I've been on one television interview and I thought I did okay, but you know, everybody always feels like they want to improve their presence. And I know before we started this podcast today, we were talking about speaking, you know? (laughs) So I definitely have a lot to learn. And that was another reason why I was drawn to you because in order for me as a client to grow, I need to practice this type of thing. And as a business owner, you have to have presence and confidence I think that what you're doing is totally needed in this world because people don't always think about the little things such as speaking and having the presence in your tone, especially in podcasting, but also on video because my voice gets a little shaky sometimes and Mm -hmm. I don't even realize it. And that was another reason why I wanted to interview
1: you because I want to know more about how you help people and do Mm -hmm. all this stuff. The people that I coach, I'm really, really drawn to the teenagers and the college kids that are struggling with their self-worth. I can't tell you how important it is for teenagers teenagers and college-age kids to know that they're valuable, to know that what they think, what they're thinking is important, that it doesn't matter what they look like. Our voice is so related to how we feel about ourselves. It's so emotional, because if you think about it, if you're nervous, your voice shakes. If you're angry, your throat gets tense. If you're happy, it flows out of you. Coaching voices is, and acting even, because I love that too, but it's the voice is the veil that's covering who we are inside. So, one of my favorite things to do is bring these young people out of their shells and find out what they're afraid of. What are you afraid of? I know you yell. Don't you yell when you get angry? Yes, they say. So, why are you singing at this very low, low volume? And then we do exercises to see how loud their voice can get. Well, that's singing, phonating on a pitch. So, if you can yell like that, Then you can sing louder. I know you have it in you. Well, I'm afraid I'm going to sound bad. I'm afraid I'm going to crack. I'm afraid that people aren't going to like how my voice sounds. So, you have to get through all of these steps so that we can open up ourselves. And then, you know, it's about, I call it adjusting your speakers because our voice comes out straight. But when you want to add in tone, you have to mess with your placement. And there's resonance chambers and you have to reform your diaphragm. And it's all of these things that you have to add in. But underneath it all, it's how you feel about yourself. The voice, it is one of
0: the biggest communication tools that we have. I mean, if you think of about all the people who make tons of money in their businesses, it's because they're really good at speaking or they're really good with their voice, even if it's singing. So I look at it from a particle vibration level and your voice is literally creating gravitational waves and energy is being thrown out. When I say thrown out, I just mean shifted and shaped. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that is how the universe communicates with you is through the vibrational of energy. And the more belief of certainty you have, the quicker the universe will respond to you because it's like you're commanding, hey, this is what I believe to be true. This is what I'm open to. And so, yeah, you're right. When you're scared or nervous, your voice gets shaky. And I'm the same way. And so I think if you can improve, and my boyfriend and I, we talk about this all the time because, you know, he's kind of my therapist. (laughs) (laughs) He always says, I think if you can learn public speaking, I think you will just go so far. And the insecurity, like you said, there's layers and layers and layers. The insecurity I have is, yeah, when I did that TV interview, I didn't even know it was a TV interview. I thought it was a podcast. I didn't have time to let my insecurities take over my mind. I just went with it. I winged it. And so, yeah, the reason why I don't do speaking and more TV stuff is, well, one, I don't have the experience. And two, I'm nervous that people are going to look at my weight and be like, oh my god, she's fat. She's not going to make it. Because I've had PR guys in the Hollywood industry, even though I don't want to be in Hollywood, I've had PR people say, well, you need to lose 200 pounds if you're going to And I'm like, well, what about, you know, so and so in the industry who's on a humongous TV program and (coughs) you know, like and then I'm like and then the one guy, I'm not gonna say who he is, but he told me one time on a social media, he said, Well, you yeah, you need to lose a ton of weight, otherwise the industry doesn't care about you. And I said, But that's weird because your client, you're standing with your client in the profile picture and she's really overweight and she's made tons of money. And I said, and also, she went to jail for tax evasion. So this kind of shows what kind of person you are and what kind of person your clients are. And I was like, I want nothing to do with you, dude. I was like, you need to look in the mirror when you're speaking to other people, telling them how they need to improve themselves. And he never responded. So I was like, all right, I guess I got my message across. I don't know but that is an insecurity as people are scared of what others are going to think of them and while i don't care what people think of me on an intellectual level i do still have insecurities about my weight and yeah i've lost like 15 pounds in the last few months because but it's cuz i'm trying to get healthier and i still feel insecure and so i haven't done the the speaking practices or coaching or any of that stuff, and so you really hit me right on the head, the nail on the head, when you explain this, and you're right, it's super important to have confidence in everything that you do, and the voice is one of the biggest, body language is also
1: another one. Yeah, body language with my students, when they're singing or speaking, you have to lift your chest up, You have to allow for your lungs to be able to expand. And that's when body image comes in because a lot of the people that I coach let their rib cage drop and there's no way you can get in enough body. If you let your rib cage drop and put your head down, it instantly comes across as you don't have the confidence in yourself. Just take any of the superheroes, for example, you know, I get this image of Superman, you know, he's standing with his chest out and his hands on his hips. And you just know that he's so confident. So a lot of times I make my students do things physically. We try it on. How does that feel? Try on that suit of confidence. How does it feel? It feels weird. It feels so weird. That's because you don't do it every day in your life poor women we have a chest that we have to deal with and especially when you know if you have a large chest or a small chest and you don't want to stick it out because somebody might notice it it brings attention to you like i said there's so many layers so in my sessions let's try that on let's let's stand up straight how does that feel What would happen if you opened your mouth? Because in order to speak, in order to sing, you have to open your mouth wider than you do in real life. You have to really think about enunciating. We don't enunciate. We have a culture of kids almost slurring their words. I don't know why. It's so hard to understand kids because they mumble. Why are you mumbling? I don't understand you. I'm dealing with issues that nobody's taking time to tell the kids, the young adult, nobody's taking time to give them the tools that are going to make it easier for them to live life. So that's going back to how this whole thing started is being able to take these beautiful souls and give them the tools that they need to make their lives successful and planting seeds, planting seeds. in In their minds.
0: Yeah. I love that. And speaking of young people, so I'm almost 40. I'll be 40 in a couple of years, like two years, Um, (laughs) uh, which is fine because 40 is the new 20, right? 40 is, it it was the best decade for me, my 40s. Carrie Bradshaw said 40 is the new 20. So, but when you think about when you were just out of the college, you know, graduating college and getting into the world, And now you think about where you are now. Most of my audience are female and they're Mm -hmm. in their ages between, according to Instagram insights,
1: (laughs) um, how we base our life on,
0: right? Yeah. And I also have Google insights too, but generally they're in their early twenties until they're 34 ish, 35 ish that's the bulk of the women that follow me. And so when you think about how you were at that age, what's the best advice you could give, not only yourself, but just for women in general who want to become an actor, become a singer, own their own business, you know, whatever it is that they feel passionate about in the world, what's the best advice?
1: When I got out of college, I truly expected to sign the rich and famous contract. We were all brought to New York. We got agents. We stepped out of college onto a level that was above and beyond other actors that were coming to New York at the time. Nobody ever told us how brutal the industry was. And we could do a podcast simply on how disheartening and brutal and for an industry that's so revered and looked up to know. the people in it i'm speaking for myself
0: the people i know in hollywood i'm not going to say their name because i i respect their privacy but the things they've had to deal with to get where they are there's a
1: lot of monsters in hollywood it is no so i'm are.
0: speaking for myself but
1: yeah And not to mention that if you forget getting involved in television and movies, but Broadway, you barely make enough to live in the city. So, and I always remind my clients that are interested in the fame and fortune that 1% of all actors are working and 1% of that 1% are actually making it. So, But I always am of the mindset, who am I to take your dreams away? When I was in New York City and struggling and nobody ever told me that I was good enough because of who I was, that I was unique, that I was talented because of who I am, that I didn't need to compare myself to anybody. Nobody told me that. One of my favorite stories to tell is I was auditioning for a show called The Will Rogers Follies, which was on Broadway in the 90s. And I was at the Palace Theater on the stage with every other dancer in New York City. And I stood on that stage and it was a callback and I looked around me and the girl next to me had was two inches taller than me. The girl on the other side had longer legs than me. The girl on the other side had the most gorgeous red hair. The girl on the other side had bigger boobs than I had. I got to the point where my dance audition was terrible because I took myself out before I even started because I was comparing myself to everybody else.
0: We always hear that as a business owner, that we're not supposed to compare ourselves to anybody, but we're human beings and it's part of- Of course. I hate it when people say, don't worry about vanity metrics when you're owning your own business. And I'm like, but everybody cares about vanity metrics. Mm -hmm. When someone follows you, it's because they want to see how many followers you have versus how many you're following. And then the reason for that is because Instagram and Facebook, thank you, Mark Zuckerberg, and that's sarcasm. I'm still (laughs) mad for some other. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But it's because they set it up that way. The algorithm is set up to where the more followers you have, the more you're able to get free exposure. And it's like we don't have a choice to a certain extent, but to play the stupid game that Zuckerberg has set up. Can I just tell you,
1: can I just tell you, in the last couple days, I I mean, I'm at like 1,700 followers. For for somebody that just started in August, I'm really proud of that because I do it the right way. But I have watched my followers, I was at 1798, then it dropped down to 1788, then it went up to 1790, then it went down to 1785. And I was like, for God's sakes, am I ever going to get to 1800? And I'm cracking myself up because I don't know what to do anymore. Do I follow people back? Do I unfollow them? Do I? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just- but,
0: but it's like, it's like we don't have a choice but to play those stupid games if we yeah. want to get, if we want to get remarketing, right? Right. right. But, but but you're right. We go around and we tell each other, "Oh, don't compare yourself to anyone." Right. And it's like, how can we not when we have, you know, these white guys owning these businesses and telling us as women and business owners, "This is the game." And if you want it, just like that PR guy when he was like, "Well, if you want to get more book sales, you're going to have to lose a lot of weight." And it's like, "Really?" Really, and we both agree there's a lot of people in the entertainment, Hollywood media, even media industry. My experience is more media, there's a lot of really bad people out there, but it's Mm -hmm. like the industry itself breeds these people. So, yeah, you come in as a young woman, you're not being told all these things to watch out for, or maybe don't focus on. So, your self confidence just breaks down, and then some people. If they don't have a soul or a heart, they're like, "Ooh, I'm going to play this game, and I'm going to just climb up the ladder, and
1: then they become the
0: monster." Mm-hmm.
1: And that's it. That's unfortunately the problem. Is that there's a lot of people. There's a lot of bad people. So how do we combat that? As- you have to live your life. You have to. You have to be honest. You have to surround yourself with good people that support you, that lift you up, because you have to be able to sleep at night. And that is the most important thing that if i could go back and tell myself anything from the at, at that age is that there is no quick route there's no quick way i was just talking about this the other day i got the first two or three jobs that i auditioned for when i was in new york and it was like i was like this is the easiest thing i've ever done but nobody said to me okay, but the statistics are you book one out of every 50 you audition for. So I was on a streak, I thought, and then it went to nothing. So then you start second guessing, then you, nobody told me that. So it's the same even for owning your own business. Right. One of my goals before the pandemic was I went through really hard time in my life as we all go through at some point, and this was before the pandemic hit. This was in the last few years before that, but I went through a phase where I experienced so much loss. I lost my dad. I lost my best friend on the planet to cancer. I lost three of my pets. It was like one after the other after the other, and I, I truly didn't understand it. I went to therapy, and I'm a big advocate of therapy and doing whatever you need to do to set your head on straight so you can survive this life. And I said to my therapist, I want to be true to myself. I need to come out of this. I need to find a way to be true to myself. I need to stop saying yes to people. I need to stop being a people pleaser. I need to let go of the toxic people in my life. And then the pandemic happened. And it was amazing that I was able to shed all this stuff because you had to, you had to figure out how to survive. I was able slowly to get rid of the things that were weighing me down. Mm -hmm. And, and that's when I started, you know, six months into the pandemic, of course, not three, whatever, but finding out who's inside of me. So my advice going back to when you're true to yourself, when you can be honest with who you are and what you want and what you need, the right people are gonna show up. The right people, the right things, the right job, the right everything will show up when you stop and think and write it down, just like you say in manifesting, you write it down and you say, this matters to me. I have an opinion about this. This is my heart. This is my soul. I want to do this with my life and do that. Everybody's reality is different. Everybody comes from a place of this is my goal. This is my life. So you're on your path. You have to do what's right for you. People are going to come in and out of your life. The good people are going to stay. The people that were just there for a minute are going to leave and maybe push you to the next phase. But when you stop, doing things for other people and this is a fine line because you have to do other things you have to do things for other people you have to be a good person you have to be a supportive you have to lift each other up you have to honor other people but at the same time you have to make sure that you honor yourself first because then honoring other people is so much easier
0: yeah because it's Uh, how you treat yourself is how other people
1: will treat you because you set a precedence. Right. I think back to that time in my life when I had so much promise. I had so much potential. Mind you that after I, I was in New York and I, I moved back home to Connecticut, I started my own business at 23 and people thought they were like, "What? what are you doing? You're starting your own business. Why? And I had no fear. I was like, I can do this. Is, I can do this. And I've been in business for myself ever since and riding the roller coaster of being self-employed. I look back to the young adult that had dreams of signing that rich and famous contract and wish that I had somebody like me in her life. So that's what I try to be to my clients, the teacher that I wished I had the coach that I wished I had, so that I can say, okay, you want to do this. These are the steps you need to take. It's not going to happen unless you want it. I can't make you do it. You have to want it. It's amazing to see what happens with positive reinforcement, with love, with kindness, with listening, with understanding, because I was there, because I understand what they're going through. Because I've been through so much. So that's allowed me to be, you know, I'm not a 23-year-old that's become a life coach. I'm 52. I shouldn't have said that. You look amazing, by the way. Thank you have to know like what
0: is your skincare routine like I started taking collagen supplements and I've noticed my nails got so much stronger really I
1: might have to do that then I don't get yeah, collagen. And
0: my joints got better because you know I'm getting to that age now where my joints are achy and, <laughs> and I noticed that my joints started feeling a little better the little bumps went away on my skin and, oh, I, very yeah. good. and like I touch my skin and it just like bounces back on its own. And I keep thinking of that commercial with Carrie Washington and I don't know what, <laughs> what the product is. I have no clue what the product is. But I, and But She's like, it just bounces back. And I'm like, Carrie Washington, this is how I feel when I touch my skin. Like it
1: just bounces. Back. Nice. nice. Yeah. And well, I just want to know, cause your skin is gorgeous. I drink a ton of water. I exercise for the most part. I eat well. I use Aveeno to wash my face. And I've tried expensive stuff. Once you get to your mid-40s, you know, you on camera too, Jacqueline, you have really nice skin. Yeah, you look very, very bright and lovely. But once you get to your middle 40s, you're going to start to notice some stuff. So then, you know, you got to invest in a little Retin-A. But that's it. Retin-A, a a little Clinique cream at night, and lots and lots of water, you know. And rest, right? you got to get sleep. I do. I sleep. I love sleeping. Yeah, I Mm -hmm. love sleeping. You know, you never think you're going to get to the point where, oh, crap, I got this line in between my forehead that makes me look so worried, worry lines, you know, or the smile lines. But I also smile a lot, you know. I think that works the muscles in your cheeks. Oh, yeah laughter is one of the best medicines.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's it's only free if you allow yourself to
1: do it. If you don't allow yourself to laugh, then it's not free. It's genes too. My mom and dad were, my mom had beautiful skin. My dad was very, they were both very young looking. Yeah. My mom's young looking. I I agree. I think
0: genes also play a part of it. Yeah. My mom's in her early 60s, but she looks like she's in her early to mid 50s. Yeah. Yeah, and she doesn't think she looks great, but no, she's yeah. still pretty. She's very pretty. Yeah. But
1: that's but that's what happens when we age. You know, we have to mourn the loss of, oh, remember when I had my skin looked like that or my eyebrows were fuller or I didn't have wrinkles on my head or I remember when my boobs were like actually pointing up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right or 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 the you know the stretch marks that you get on your legs and all of a sudden you're like what where did that come from why are there stretch marks there so it's just hard what we have to go through especially as women you could talk about menopause for that's a whole other thing but your listeners are not in the menopause age group so yeah. that is a good thing That's <laughs> a good thing I remember being
0: in my early 20s I used to be really pretty. Like I was, I'm not
1: going to lie. So beautiful. Stop
0: like, it. Well, I mean, I'm talking about when I was like 19, you know, of course. The, we're all
1: gorgeous when we're 19. Yeah.
0: And I just remember being super insecure at that age and I'm way more secure now, but over the years of feeling insecure, I protected myself and I put it in air quotations because of the bad guys out there the bad men and one way I protected myself was to allow myself to gain weight another one was I have an autoimmune disorder and it took until I was like 18 for them to figure out okay we're gonna put you on this medication to keep you from getting so sick all the time because I was underweight for a lot of my life do
1: you have a thyroid problem
0: I was born with angioedema which is like the best way to put that is, like, your body thinks your body's a foreign object, so it's constantly fighting itself. So it's like... Yeah, uh, yeah. Blood yeah. cells They're are... autoimmune, just, right? Yeah, yeah. So I was always sick. So part of it was medicine, but the bulk of my weight gain was I was depressed. I totally did not love myself, and I just was like, I'm just going to gain weight, and then guys won't even hit on me anymore, and I don't have to worry about it. And of while... Course. Well, at the time, I thought that was the regimen. It weeded out certain bad guys, but it didn't weed out all the crazies. You know, now I'm at this point where I'm like, I'm tired of being overweight and I just want to get healthier. And I don't want to be 19 body size again. I just want to be healthier and feel at my best at the age that I am And I love to sleep, but I didn't realize that was a big component and how your energy levels, I have a full time job and I have my business because I work with physicists. And so I just didn't realize how much the little things that we take for granted in life really help you. So, if I could go back to my 20s, I would tell the ladies, make sure you get enough sleep because that will affect your mood. And when your mood's affected, absolutely, then you may grab for something unhealthy or you may have that extra cup of coffee, you know, and we're not perfect. So, we just have to, I always say to everybody now, take it one day at a time and try not to worry so much about. Like we were saying earlier, the comparison syndrome, and it's hard and we do it, but you're right. If you don't get to the core of what's going on, what you want, what moves you, what makes you feel, this is my purpose you get so distracted by all of the things that go on around you that you just over time start allowing yourself to not be, I don't want to say not be loved, but you don't love yourself as a first priority. And then therefore the domino effect of all the things start accumulating around you. And before you know it, you're like, oh my gosh, I've gained 20 pounds. How did this happen? Or how it did, you know, something in your life that you really loved and maybe you lost it because you just didn't realize all the stuff that was going on in the meantime because you weren't staying true to your soul and your soul connection. And, and so, yeah, you're completely right. Over the years, what was your biggest mistake as a business owner and on your journey that you at the time didn't understand why it was happening or what was the lesson and what did you learn and how long did it take for you to overcome it?
1: I don't know that I, I can look back and say that was a huge mistake. I should have done that. Because everything that happens in my life, I have an incredible business in Connecticut. I had the most beautiful studio on three acres. I had two dance studios and an art center. And it was a beautiful business. It really was. But I just felt like I was very stagnant. And that was when I was 32. And I just felt like I was stuck. I couldn't believe that at age 32 that I had reached my potential in this town, which is how I felt. I felt like I had done everything. I had a successful business. There was an incredible regional theater in the community that I was playing leads in. And I just thought there has to be something bigger than this in my life. I felt like I was destined for bigger things. So when I look back and I think to that time in my life, I think that the mistake was I did not transition out of that life into my next life properly. I feel like I was too immature, <laughs> believe it or not, at 32, to tie up loose ends, to be grateful, to I basically blew everything up and almost ran away to Orlando, Florida, whole <laughs> places. But if I could go back to that, I would do it again. I would I would do it differently. You know, I wish that I had kept that business, but there was no way. There was no there was no everything that happened had to happen in order for me to get to here. And that's the odd thing about life that you kind of have to wrap your head around. Things happen in your life, and you have to go with it. You have to trust your instincts. You have to listen to the little voice in your head. You have to say, okay, I'm being pulled down this road, and it feels right, and I got to go with it. I know now I am meeting people that are going through the same thing that I went through when I was 30. That are getting to their 30s and going, I don't know what I did. How did I get to here? I thought, well, you know, this was going to be great. I was going to have this beautiful life and I got married and I, I'm supposed to have a kid by the time I'm 30 and we're going to have this beautiful life together. And then you, when you hit 30, you kind of realize that it's not like it is in the fairy tale at all. And it's really hard to wrap your brain around that. So That's when the whole part about being true to yourself comes back in. And that's what I was doing at 32 was I was finding my voice and I was being true to myself and the people that were in my life at that point didn't know that person. And so everybody thought I was crazy. Like, why are you behaving like this? What are you doing? You know, and it's because I had spent my entire life up until that point doing what everybody else wanted me to do. That was my catalyst to finding myself. I've experienced so much. (laughs) I mean, I'm a pretty down to earth together person. But when I tell people all the stuff that I went through, they're like, what, really? You made it? Yeah, I made it. And so can you. You can do it. Yeah.
0: You can do it. For sure, because when I was 26, I had a relationship with a narcissist and I had gotten out of it and I was at my lowest point ever because I had grown to 26 with a low self-esteem and I tried to commit suicide and it didn't work. At that point, I had reached my realization that it was like, okay, now I'm going to put myself first and I'm going to stop doing what the world expects of me in that stupid fairy tale image. Once I got out of that situation, I was like, okay, it's time to work on me. It's time to heal myself. My biggest mistake on a personal level was listening to other people. Like you said, if we could go back and tell ourselves in our twenties, don't let other people's expectations dictate your path of success because like you said when you stay true to your soul then opportunities open up for you that are meant for you and that doesn't mean that they're less successful it's just a different route and Mm -hmm. you you still can get to the level you want did i think that in 2017 i was going to be where i am today No, not at all. Mm -hmm. But I, like you said, I listened to my intuition and I went with it. I've made mistakes in the last few years. You know, I've spent money where I was like, crap, I shouldn't have paid for that. Why did I do that? But it's okay because they're not really mistakes. And I like to call them test runs. Yeah. It's like Elon Musk with his whole SpaceX, you know, he has to do all those test runs of the rockets and then they crash and they burn. But then with all the practice, he's able to successfully launch. And so I don't think there are mistakes. I think that they are test runs. They're just practice for the real thing. Speaking of all this practice, what is the proudest thing you can say about you as being a business owner, your career journey? Like, what are some of the most proudest moments you have of yourself? I
1: think being able to support myself is in the past has been very empowering being able to trust that the money is coming and it's coming as a business owner and when you're self-employed you don't have a steady paycheck so you kind of have to trust the universe that the money is going to be there and it's going to be your bills are going to be paid and I think the proudest moment though is to watch the impact that I've had on my students. The kids that I have taught from the time I was in my 20s that are now in their 30s, and they have kids. The kids that I started here when I moved here 20 years ago that are now graduating from college. And the best thing is that I have relationships with so many of them. It's really, really rewarding to see them succeed or have them come back and say, remember when you told me that or for them just to send me a note and just say, Hey, I was thinking about you or I miss you or hope you're doing well. I think that's one of the greatest rewards of being a teacher or a mentor. And that was my goal when I started was to have an impact. So I continue to be so very proud of all of my clients. I love seeing their wins. They still come back. Or even though they're not my clients anymore, they'll throw me a question or something. But but yeah, that's really pretty cool. Very, very cool. I love
0: it when the readers, they come they send me emails and they're like, oh my gosh, I manifest this. And there is nothing greater in for me than for someone to send me a message and say, I did this, I manifested this. It's just the most rewarding feeling to be able to help somebody and they get what they want and they're able to celebrate, they feel better about themselves, they're able to celebrate just the forward progress that they make in their life, whatever their goals are. Yeah, there's no other experience than having that person come back and say, "Hey, just so you know, I appreciate your help in such and such." How can people reach you? I know that
1: on Instagram. Yeah, so my website is my name, www.melanievz.com, and my Instagram handle is Impact Coaching and Wellness. But you can get in touch with me on my website, send me a message. Like I said, I'm coaching right now internationally via Zoom. And I do have my practice here in Florida. But especially if you're out there and you're in another state or another country, I can certainly help you with your voice, with your on-camera presence, with just making you more confident with yourself and finding out who you are in this world as we all are trying to do. I love it.
0: Yeah. I'm going to put your website and your Instagram handle in the description of this podcast episode. I'm so excited because again, you know, I was attracted to you because of my own needs because we all need our own coaches, right? I mean, coaches have coaches. Yes. Uh, Therapists have therapists for real. I'm not joking. Yes. My friends who are therapists, they're like, I have a therapist. I mean, really, everything is interconnected in the world. And so if you are wanting to work on your presence with your business in terms of how you come across to people, or if you're a singer and you want to work on your voice, anything and everything that has to do with your, quote, stage presence, even though stage, it can be anything. It can be all stage of life. Stage live, yeah, it can be online. It can be on an actual stage. It could be metaphorically,
1: right? Definitely, to Melanie. She knows. Yeah, oh, you're me. sweet. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's you're just the best Jacqueline and I just adore you and so grateful that we're friends and have gotten the chance to connect today and I hope your listeners enjoyed.
0: You're full of a lot of wisdom so I'm well thank you and, and we tackled some topics that you know it's hard for women to talk about so mm-hmm. I really hope this has helped a lot of people and I feel like it will. So, are you ready to manifest even faster? Go to your country's Amazon website and type in Don't Feel Stuck. Seriously, your soul will thank you. See you next time, manifesters. <music> Shake it up, stop when the clock hits thirteen. Say one, two, three, four. Cass, Cause no one can do it like we do it, like we do it, like we do it. Cause no one can do it like we do it, like we do it, like we do it. Cause no one can do it like we do it, like we
1: do it, like we do it. Cause no one can do it like we do it, like we do it, like we do it.